0: is back. The drool king Lotor has returned with a dark energy that can destroy the galaxy. Our only hope? The Voltron Force. A team of five heroic pilots that control five awesome robot lions. When Lotor's monstrous robot beasts attack, the lions come together to form Voltron, Defender of the Universe.
1: Oh! It's Voltron!
0: Welcome, Voltron fans, to another exciting year of Let's Voltron, the official Voltron podcast. This is our first podcast of 2022, and I have to bring on my my podcast co-host, Greg Tyler. Welcome, Greg. Hey, Mark. That was easy for you to say.
1: Um, (laughs) We've clearly been off for a while. Um, I I know I've got a little bit of rust. How about you? (laughs) Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course we do some of that off. Yeah.
0: So how was your uh, how was your uh, holiday time? Holidays were good. I, I had some time off from work, which was nice. So I'm ready to rock and roll. Yep.
1: Yep. Yep. Uh, had some time off as well. Had, a uh, uh, my mom passed away unexpectedly over the holidays, which was very, very, uh, uh, sad, but, uh, it's a new year. i was very it's sorry to hear new... that. Well, I, I, I appreciate it. Um, anyway, uh, so that was, uh, obviously, uh, uh, unexpected and uh uh, i don't want to quote yoda because that cheap everything but uh but she she passed it sucked uh but life goes you know i'm not not minimizing anything very devastated by it but we are here to talk voltron something happier uh let's do that if you don't okay okay let's do it
0: (laughs) all right all right and we're going to do an episode review is that right Yes, so we're getting back to our Voltron Force episodes, and now we're on the 10th one of of that season. Yes, wanted and
1: unwanted. You know, we had hoped to cover all 26 of these things last year.
0: (laughs) In the (laughs) 10th anniversary year, yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and um, we're, this is only number 10 out of 26, so we have quite a ways to go, but uh, hopefully that will give uh, our friends at World Events Productions more time to come out with another Voltron production. <laughs> hopefully by then, yes. That's right. We're doing it for Web. That's right. Go Web. <laughs> All right. In any case, yes. So this is uh, Wanted and Unwanted, written by Ross Beely. Um, it uh, debuted on Nicktoons August 4th, 2011, episode 10, production number 110, uh, story by Todd Garfield and Jeremy Coray, um, written by Ross Beely, who also wrote episode 5, Joyride to Doom.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, do you want to say anything, anything about the uh, voice cast of this episode?
0: Well, I just wanted to say that you're, you're going to get one, one character who has a digitized voice, so we don't really know who did that voice. Yeah, uh, But you are going to get another character named Cloak, which we do know was voiced by the voice director, Terry Classen. That's very interesting. Um, when you, you told me about that briefly before we started
1: recording, and yeah, I was not aware of that. That's great. And, and another thing that's, that's kind of bizarre uh, is that uh, the script, thank you again, Webb, for letting us use these scripts to help us with this, these reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, the script spells Cloak's name with a K.
0: Yeah. Which must mean he's, you know, from another planet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't just say C-L-O-A-K. That would just be the common name. Right. 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 And we, this is what... we, we want to identify this as a character versus a technology.
1: <laughs>
0: yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Because there are
1: other kinds of cloaks in this episode. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. So are you ready to get this started? Let's go. All right. So we start with the teaser and uh, the teaser starts in a it's nighttime in a city on a on an undisclosed planet. We see this person running around in a a hood. It turns out to be Keith. And he's being followed by a person in the shadows who is Daniel. And um, Keith wants to know why Daniel's around. And Daniel says, hey, you know, he wants to get in on the action and he wants to have Keith's back. Uh, Keith tells him, you know, you shouldn't be here. Um, Not long after that, they both get apprehended by Wade droids.
0: Right. The
1: robots of Sky Marshal Wade.
0: Yeah. Um, So uh, there's a couple of uh, uh, incidents here where uh, Keith is very short with things because he has a plan. mm -hmm. Okay. And he just hasn't told anybody the plan. (laughs) But uh, Daniel, of course, is very eager to help in any way, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and he also wants to protect Keith as much as possible because Keith is like his mentor. Right. So uh, there are a couple of instances in the script where it looked like, uh, you know, they were trying to take out some things like there was a part where. Keith said you shouldn't be here and Daniel said why and in the script it said this isn't a Q&A mm-hmm. you need to get out of here before it's and then he gets cut off they took out the this isn't a Q&A
1: yeah it, it is interesting throughout the script that there are yeah.
0: uh,
1: just a few things sprinkled in to add clarity but mostly right. uh, material removed
0: presumably for time or pacing or something yeah and then a, a little bit later uh Daniel says, see, lucky I decided to follow you. And Keith says, lucky isn't the word I'd use. Look, this isn't a request. It's an order. Now they took out, look, it, it, this isn't a request. It's an order. They took that out. And I noticed a little bit later on, they took out another one where he said that that's an order. So yeah. basically they don't want Keith, even though he's Commander Keith, to be barking out orders at the cadets.
1: Yeah, and, and, and I will tell you that I enjoyed this episode on the whole, and we'll get to that toward the end. But um, one of the criticisms I had of Voltron Force in general, as I was watching it back in 2011 to 2012, is that I really felt like, as much as I like the show, Keith's uh, authority on the team is much lower than it is in the prior productions you know defender of the universe the third dimension where he's just unequivocally the commander uh, and everyone you know everyone follows his orders i think that probably by design you know with the whole form yellow center red center all that it gives everyone their chance to be the boss for a while right. i think that 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 sort of democratizes the team a little more um and and to keith's detriment as a character
0: i think what are, what are your thoughts well in those other versions we also didn't have young cadets Okay, that's true. So you have people that are on the same sort of age level and experience level as Keith. And they understand, you know, we need we need to follow what the leader says, Mm -hmm. whereas young cadets necessarily don't go by what people say. They go by what they think is right, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know, and there's no understanding behind the scenes as to why Keith would be acting a certain way. Right. That's a good point. So, and, and I guess they're
1: raising these cadets in a uh, new, enlightened way. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Arguably. <laughs> yeah. And so that's basically the end of the teaser. And the Wade droids, of course, are uh, Sky Marshall Wade's robots that we've seen since the very first episode. Yes. So, uh, yeah. And that's the end of the teaser. So, we uh, you know we cut to Swizz Beats and the, uh, the Voltron intro, and then we're back to uh, act one and uh, act one uh takes place uh, starts out where basically uh they're on a ship that's in space and um daniel finally realizes that keith planned to get caught and keith says that so he can find this thing called the void and what is the void
0: right so it's a prison yeah it's one of wade's special prisons mm-hmm. and um, what makes it such a special thing because you don't know where it is
1: Yes, it's invisible. It's invisible. And um, yeah, and and so basically uh, they are being taken to the void by by Keith's plan. This part is totally going according to Keith's plan. We never really find out exactly what Keith's plan is, but uh, it's interesting to see because he doesn't tell Daniel, you know. And you know, but uh, there's a plan, and this is part of it, except for Daniel being there. And um, so the 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 uh, the void becomes visible. Whatever whatever this energy field is that makes it invisible dissipates to allow the ship to know where to land, I guess. And um, they land. And uh, there you go. And, and I have to tell you that, that as, a, as a longtime sci-fi dork, uh, I did notice that the space station, it wasn't until last night reviewing this episode again that I realized that the dome of the space station, it's the large assembly where we find out there's a courtyard and there's this big open, uh, um, it's like a glass dome with this lattice of uh, structural work around it. It reminds me of a ship called the USS Valley Forge from a 1972 movie directed by Douglas Trumbull called Silent Running. Mm. Um, it was it was a very long spaceship that almost reminded me of the um, space part Paul of, one. Yeah, may, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> but it had I think three or four of those domes kind of scattered out uh, around a uh, part of the fuselage. And it was, I, I always thought it looked familiar, but for whatever reason, last night, I finally made the connection that it was probably inspired by the Valley Forge, um, which is pretty cool.
0: Okay. Well, yeah. I, wanted, I wanted to mention a, a specific thing they had taken out uh, when, when they were describing the Void. Yeah. Uh, because Daniel knows about it. He knows it's Wade's magical secret prison. And he, he says it actually exists. And Key said, yeah, but it's not magic. And the part they removed here is it's just impossible to find because it's constantly on the move. They took that part out.
1: Yeah. And, and that actually um, would have answered a lot of questions because in this episode you might think, well, who cares if it goes invisible? <laughs> you know, you could just, you know, poke your way around in space in your little ship or your lion or whatever, right. if, you, if you saw it for any length of time, you know, you could lay down some kind of, uh, you know, spray some kind of mist of uh, particles or something or fire little low-powered lasers until you hit something. But if the thing can move under its own power, yeah, that would be a harder thing to find.
0: And, you know, he says there's an energy field around that essentially makes it invisible, but it's different if it was invisible and always in the same place. Versus right. invisible and on the move,
1: right, right, and and that's an interesting thing. I, I, I wish that they had kept that line in. Yep. Um, yeah. So um, Keith does explain that his plan—not not how he's going to do it—but he explains that the objective of his plan is to release Wade's political prisoners, which is who he keeps at the void. Um, a Wade droid very soon afterward uh, scans Keith and recognizes him as a high security risk because well. He's Voltron force mm-hmm. and uh, a hatch opens below the, the floor. Keith falls into this something, something, and the hatch closes leaving Daniel alone with the, uh, the way droids. Um, and at the, at about the same time, the void as the prison, the void becomes vis- uh, invisible again, which uh, also cuts off Daniel from the rest of the
0: universe. Right now there's a big section just cut completely out here.
1: Yeah. What happened yeah. there?
0: So, uh they do a weapon scan on Daniel and Keith. And as they're doing that, uh Daniel says, "So what's our next move?" And Keith says, "All we really have to do is shut down the cloaking device." And then Daniel says, "How are we going to do that?" And Keith says, "I told you I had a plan, didn't I?" And Daniel says, "And are you going to share this amazing plan with me?" And then once they get grabbed by the way droids, Keith says, yes, once we get into general population for right now, just stick with me and you'll be fine. Hmm. That whole one was cut out. Wow.
1: And, and interesting. I, you know, th- there's not a lot of pauses in this episode. You know, there's a, there's a fair amount of action, of course. It moves pretty uh, quickly. It does. It doesn't feel like there would be room for a lot of the dialogue that got cut. No. So. Maybe it was just overwritten and they just had to, it just had too much and they had to cut it out. Um, interesting. Yeah. And so, so another thing I did, they, did they add a line here about their revolt comms being taken away? Well, uh,
0: Daniel just says our fault comms. Yeah. You know? And that and wasn't in the script, was it? No, it, it's just, yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm emphasizing that, Hey, you're taking our stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that's <laughs> why kind of are you important. taking our stuff? That's right. <laughs>
1: um so Um, because it's
0: like a weapon
1: (laughs) yeah kind of a big deal yeah so um so now uh they're taken into this large courtyard and it's actually described very differently in the script um this is presumably in the dome area that that i kind of talked about looking like part of the valley forge from silent running um it's described as looking like an outdoor environment
0: it looks indoor yeah and and it looks like a lot of people are working out like it's a weight room
1: yeah the whole thing looks like a giant weight room combination weight room and uh like a like a school cafeteria or something you yeah know? it's got bleachers it's almost like it's like they repurposed a very large gymnasium right um and, and the script also says that the uh the, the 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 facility is surrounded by cells by jail cells and that they're not visible anywhere here either so nope. clearly a case of you know streamlining the, the uh The setting to probably you know for for budgetary reasons
0: right Um, now they they do describe some of the characters that they want the way they want them to look and everything they mm -hmm. want them to look like they're they're hardened criminals they have scars they have tattoos all that kind of stuff but also realize that they're from many different systems and they all look different you know they they don't look like people from earth you know (laughs) yeah and that's
1: a good thing and that that they do stick with for the most part right uh, the descriptions don't always jibe with what you see in the episode but uh, it does get the idea across that these are not just people from earth right right um so in this so i don't even know if it's fair to call this a courtyard this whole setting that you see for much of the rest of the episode but i'm gonna call it that because that's what the script called it and um in that, in that court ra- uh, courtyard, there's a, 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 an alien that uh, the script calls an octopus head. Um, doesn't quite match the script description either, but it's as good enough a term as any. What, what were your thoughts
0: on that? Character? Well, he does sort of have like tentacle arms, you know, yeah. but the, the head, I, I just don't, I don't see it as an upside down octopus head. Now, I don't yeah. usually looked at o- octopus upside down, so I don't know, <laughs> but okay. I'll go with it there. Yeah. It doesn't really
1: look that way. And actually I think the script even refers to the alien as having a fist at some point. And, <laughs> I and, said, and so I said,
0: that's not a fist. That's a tentacle.
1: Yeah. It's funny. Cause yeah. I mean, there are some tentacles up there, but certainly not eight of them and right. it's arms. They start out with beefy muscular biceps and they kind of taper down into tentacles. Uh, one tentacle, you know, for each arm. Right. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, Octopus head. What, I don't know what else to call him.
0: That's what we, we're we, going to call
1: him. Let's call him an octopus head. <laughs> so um, he, in the courtyard, this thing pretty much uh, is, uh, it attacks Daniel. It's, it just wants to be rough. And uh, another inmate who uh, we might recognize and ought to recognize as Manset, who we had seen way back in the very first episode, um, he sends another inmate who looks kind of like a, a Spider-Man, but not that Spider-Man. A real a, spider. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, the spider character kind of gets between Daniel and the octopus head alien and says, you know, you got to go through me if you want to get to him. And there's a fight between the spider guy and the octopus head. And Which, uh, it doesn't last long.
0: Because it triggers Wade. You know, what we see is Wade. It's really just a recording. Right. 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 Because mm-hmm. Daniel earlier saw Wade's uh, image in the Wade droid, and he thought it was him. But then Keith told, "No, it's just a recording. Don't worry about it. He's not even really here." So, uh, so the 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 Wade character comes over the loudspeaker and says, "It's time for an escape." You know, <laughs> and what uh, what Keith had told. Uh, Daniel earlier was make sure that you keep these these ankle cuffs on because it'll save your life, you know. Mm-hmm. And Daniel doesn't understand what they're for yet until now. Yes. So
1: basically, what happens is um, the gravity, the artificial gravity in the room is either I don't I don't know that they actually turned it off or if it was just the the sheer air pressure thing but basically uh-huh. at the top of this dome this this glass dome with this lattice structure work there's a vent and the vent opens and that is how people escape by being blown out into space
0: if they and, don't have uh, their ankle collars on
1: yes and so they the ankle collars somehow uh help keep them ankled or anchored <laughs> to the floor uh-huh. in some way yep. um and what's really interesting that something that isn't in the script is that an, an alien actually gets blown out through the hatch. Yep. Yeah, I mean um the uh the script describes stuff being blown out, but actually you see this uh um non-speaking alien get blown out there. And, and you just uh, assume he's done for, right? Yeah. Yeah, you never hear they don't mention him. They don't show him ever again which is probably for the best <laughs> yeah but he's gone he's out um so yeah uh that's what happens and um what's uh what's going on oh yeah and so um man said also reveals to daniel that uh he's part of the den resistance and that is something we haven't heard from, uh, heard mention of since the earliest episodes. Um, that was the covert group that uh, Pidge and Hunk and, and I guess Keith were part of. Uh, and well, actually all of them except Allura, as far as we know. And um, Manset. And Manset, yes. He had helped uh, gather some intel for Keith in the, in the, the first episode. Manset, so he,
0: by the way, Manset is voiced also Sky Marshall Wade, Manset, all done by Gary Chalk.
1: Yes, yes. The
0: inimitable
1: Gary Chalk. And um, yeah, so he basically says, yes, yeah, I'm part of the den, den resistance. And uh, Manset uh, he does. There's some stuff that he says about what he does for a living, which mm-hmm. is also cut from the script. What, did, what was going on there?
0: Yeah. All right. So um, he says, let's just say I'm the go to guy in the import export business. I can get anything anywhere at any time. Now, this was something sort of he had mentioned with Keith back in the mm-hmm. very beginning of the show. Yeah. So I, I think they didn't feel like they needed to say that again.
1: Yeah. Even though I mean, he's
0: with a new person.
1: Yeah. Although it's interesting when uh... – when uh, Bob Coppler has talked at, at the various Voltcon conventions, which everyone should go to, by the way, <laughs> Voltcon, <laughs> voltcon.org, uh, right? Uh, yes. For the 2022 info when it comes out. But yes. anyway, um, when Bob Coppler and Jeremy Corey have talked about Voltron Force, they'd mentioned that they kind of had to reintroduce all the characters in every episode. So more or less, um, I, I would argue that uh, it would have been nice to have reintroduced Manset because, you know, as a guest character, he's a little less uh, memorable than uh, our regulars. But uh, but yeah, you don't really need to know. Um, but apparently one of his clients, one of Manset's clients turned him in. And so Wade already knew that Keith was coming and that he had a plan to escape. Right. And um, yes. And so then, then we cut to a holding cell somewhere in the prison. And uh, Wade himself enters the cell and faces Keith.
0: Yeah, and this is where I think it cut to commercial, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, the the breaks between acts and the teaser in the first act are different in the episode than they were in the script, right? (laughs) Yeah, like, I usually there's there's some kind of, oh no, our our Voltron force is in trouble, and then they go to commercial, you know? Whereas here, it's just, oh my gosh, Wade really is there at the Void. He wasn't just on commercial. a TV set <laughs> on the robot's head, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a
1: it is a little unclimactic, yes, uh, yeah. So, uh, so now we're in Act Two, and uh, in the courtyard, it's meal time, and uh, Manset tells Daniel that they need to destroy the void generator. The void generator, we should explain, is a component or a a, a machine at the void that doesn't generate the void. It generates the energy field that surrounds the void and makes it invisible. Um, So they they throw around the term void generator and void, and and it's a little confusing, but uh,
0: we'll help you get through it, dear listener and dear viewer. (laughs) But but Wade reveals to Keith that he knows what his plan is. Yes. His his plan to escape. And then he also knew that his friends were going to come to try to pick him up. Yes. So he and sent it's kind some of, funny. of his, he sent some of his fractals after him. Yes.
1: Yeah, he had sent the uh, the fra- Basically, he knew the lions were going to pursue the the uh, the ship, mm-hmm. uh, the ship that, that carried uh, Keith and, and ultimately Daniel there. And uh, so ba- the fractals basically slowed down the lions just enough that the that the ship could get into the void and the, the void could reclose. disappear again. Yeah. Yeah. And again, this was where I was watching the episode in the past without having the script and thought, well, who cares? It just goes invisible. You know where it is. <laughs> but apparently it can move on its own. You just yeah. uh, weren't told that. So there you go. <laughs> and so uh, Wade ultimately, what does he say here? He Basically, Wade uh, decides to throw Keith into what he calls a black hole. That's right.
0: It's and like solitary
1: uh, confinement. Yes, Uh, which is very interesting. You know, we got Void, we got Void Generator. Now we have a black hole, but it's not a black hole, as you might expect, which is good because it would have been a lot worse for Keith. Uh, It is basically a completely dark uh, chamber that has no gravity. And it kind of holds you upside down. Yeah, I mean, whatever upside down means. Right, you don't really know you,
0: right? (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, in, in all seriousness, how creepy would that be? If you're in a room that is, well, I guess it's not totally dark because Keith, well, you know, they have to show the characters so that the the viewer knows what's going on. But uh, presumably, because everything around them is black, unless they
0: just painted the walls. (laughs) See, it's a, yeah. Normally, you would know if you're upside down because the blood would rush to your head because of gravity. (laughs) That's true. But in this case, there is no gravity, so blood's not rushing anywhere. Yeah. It's just kind of
1: hanging around. Yeah. And so, but the, the whole concept of being in a room, but imagine, you know, these in a, in a room that uh, is presumably insulated from a, you know, you don't hear anything outside the room. You can't see really what's in the room. You're, it's almost like your senses are deadened. And, and, oh, by the way, you're floating. That's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean they don't really play out the play up the creep factor here because it's a you know it's meant for younger viewers, but uh, and
0: it didn't last long. I
1: mean, nah. before he he heard something. Hmm. Yeah, and and what did he hear? Uh, he hears another uh, person's in there with him, and he recognizes the voice. Yep, it is our good friend Chief Callan of the Lion Riders. Right. And, uh, and it's fun that uh, Callan asks if all of this is part of his plan. And Keith basically says, well, almost nothing so far has been part of my plan. <laughs> yep. But uh, anyway, so they go back. So we go back to the courtyard where one of the space mice brings, uh, who apparently has been tagging along um, with uh, Keith and Daniel, but wasn't detected by a scan. Hey, hey. Come on, Way, get on with the security systems. Uh, the space, my, space mouse walks into the area and has the two Volt comms. So, off screen, uh, the space mouse was sneaking around the, the, the prison and somehow found the Volt comms. And they're but, dangling but,
0: off of it, huh? But guess who sees that before Daniel does? Our, our good friend, Octopus Head.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so if, what's what's really kind of fun? And I, I always love this capability of the VoltComs, which is easily forgotten, which is that they don't always look like those gauntlets that take up your entire forearm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're in their little uh, bracelet form. Bracelet form, so, yeah, yeah. And so the, the the space mouse has the two VoltCom bracelets uh, on its tail, and it drops them on the floor, and then scurries off. And before Daniel can get them, Octopus Head does.
0: Yeah. He thinks they look like pretty jewelry. That's right. Um, and then he doesn't he lick them at one point. Yeah, know? it's pretty, pretty disgusting. Yeah. But but Daniel's not deterred in any way.
1: Yeah. I mean, this isn't like Slippery's Voltron Legendary Defender disgusting, but it's pretty gross in its own way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So uh, they fight, and this is really interesting. Um, Speaking of Legendary Defender, there's a a thing that happens here that I was reminded of in an episode of Legendary Defender. Um, So here's what happens in Voltron Force. Uh, As Daniel is wrestling with this tentacled octopus head character, um, his Voltcom, as a bracelet, is still on the tentacle that Mm -hmm. Daniel is wrestling with. And the Voltcom bracelet sort of hops across, hops off of the tentacle and onto Daniel's, I got the wrong forearm, onto yeah. Daniel's forearm where it expands into the full gauntlet. Yeah. configuration.
0: Never and, seen that before. Uh, well, we did see it later. <laughs> well, yeah. I yeah. mean, but, but yeah. the, the thing about it is, is, is both of these characters are shocked that this is happening. Daniel had never seen this before, and of course, Octopus Head is like, What's going on here?
1: Yeah, and he doesn't even know what these things are, right? Um, yeah, so so yeah, but you to yeah, we've never seen this before. Daniel certainly hasn't. Uh, we, of course, as Voltron fans, will see something like this again in Legendary Defender, where uh Keith is able to summon his Bayard from a distance, right? Right, and and, and I think they were fighting, and the the Bayard kind of he kind of went from one hand to the other. Is that what happened? Yeah. yeah. It was so pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, this is neat too. I kind of wish that they could have continued this sort of thing in, in subsequent episodes of Voltron yeah. Force. Um but basically um at this point because the, the, the Voltcom is now looking like a Voltcom um the octopus head guy recognizes Daniel as being with the Voltron Force and so he
0: basically surrenders uh Keith's Volcom as well. Right, and that's where the line wasn't in there in the original script. Our Octus, Octopus Head actually says, the Voltron Force? Because mm-hmm. he recognizes it as the Voltron Force once Daniel turns on his his Voltcom.
1: Yeah, and, and I think without that, without that line, I think this would have been confusing. Yeah. I mean... Because I mean, even in the continuity of Voltron Force, the TV series, the, the uh, Bayards, the Voltcoms are relatively new gadgets. You know, they were developed sometime after Lotor was defeated and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So they haven't been around a long time. Um, so I think this line was, was good to give some explanation as to why this actually freaked out the octopus head guy. He actually does recognize the Voltcoms. That's cool yeah um so then daniel immediately turns around and gives keith's fault to Manset, and daniel decides to go hunting uh through the ventilation system of the void to find the void generator the device that makes the space station invisible
0: but what keys him into where the generator is i've forgotten already what, what? <laughs> it's it's a picture of the the way droid but with a an X over it. Oh yeah, when he gets to the that facility, yes, he's going through the ventilation system. Yeah, that like, means no Wade droids allowed, right? Which is an odd thing. Why to have. would Wade droids not be allowed in the generator room? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, especially at Wade's base. Why would uh, anything that Wade makes not be allowed in a in Wade's base? Right. Uh, but yeah, so um, Wade. Then uh, we come back to Wade, who tells Keith and. Callan, it's time to execute their sentence um and so they're taken out of the black hole uh Daniel finds the void generator room in the same in the exact manner that you mentioned um but before he so he goes in the room finds this big weird contraption which must be the void generator because it's big and weird uh it reminded me well not really it doesn't look like it but the sheer size of it reminds me a little bit of the uh that the atomic piles in the Batcave from uh, the 1960s Batman show. Yes, you know, the, but but this thing's got like all this crazy lightning stuff going on. Yeah. But what it and, and the and the sheer ludicrousness or is it ludicrousity <laughs> of of how to turn this thing off? What is it? <laughs> on, off. <laughs> yeah, it's a big old lever on off, and uh, just before Daniel can go from on to off. He gets attacked by an invisible man.
0: He he actually says, oh, you've got to be kidding me. It's just that easy? Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is funny. And and the last line, I think, in the act is when he gets attacked, he goes, invisible man. Didn't see that coming. coming. (laughs) I love the pun. Didn't see (laughs) that coming. (laughs) Oh, good stuff. Uh. All right. So that, that was act two. Anything else before we jump into
0: the third and final act? No, and again, it's not one of those "Oh no, Daniel's in huge trouble" kind of things. It's yeah. just sort and of it... okay. There's an invisible man. Yeah, and it ends on a pun,
1: literally. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a all space right. dad joke or something. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Act Three starts. It is weird where all the breaks are in this episode. I mean, we we saw where they were shifted around uh, from you know the script to this. Yeah. And, and, uh, it does seem like the, the breaks are in kind of awkward places. Uh, but anyway, uh, act three, uh, Daniel and the invisible man who we will learn is called, well, we learn he's called cloak. Um, they're fighting in the void generator room. Uh, we go back to, uh, we're in the courtyard again, where Wade and a bunch of Wade droids have Keith and Callan. It's about time for them to escape, which of course means, you know, open the hatch. They're not wearing ankle collars any longer. So, uh. Dun dun dun. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is where I would have probably broken act two, but you know, hey. Um, so there we go from act two to three. Uh, the guards release Keith and Callan, and uh in the uh the chaos, Manset manages to slip Keith's Voltcom back to Keith, which mm-hmm. is awfully convenient. <laughs> but uh anyway, he does. You and, know that uh, wasn't part of his plan. Certainly not. <laughs> who knows what it really was i don't know yeah um yeah but anyway uh daniel and cloak continue to fight cloak with a K, of course uh cloak says i'm not going to let you turn off the void generator you know well i think that's pretty clear because he's fighting daniel and keeping him from uh flipping that switch from uh, on to off but anyway uh we're back in the courtyard and the hatch opens keith and callan are blown out into space um Keith manages to grab the edge of the hatch vent, the circular opening. And he's hanging on. Callum was not so lucky. He's out in space. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think? Do you remember 11 years ago, 10 years ago,
0: Mark? Yeah. Did it, you think? I didn't think anybody could survive outside of that, you know, that vent. Yeah. You know, and, and- we, we do hear uh, Keith say something a little bit later. No. Yeah, but not but not yet in this Not atmosphere. yet, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, and in fact, uh, even earlier in the script, that area outside the base, wasn't it called a thin atmosphere area yeah. or something like that? Exactly. Which in the script is a giveaway, but here, right. you don't know. You don't um, know. You think
0: it's space. Yeah. The final frontier. But so anyway... Be, um, it would be like the same thing that, that, that happened in Guardians of the Galaxy. The, uh, the second movie mm-hmm. where Yondo goes up in, into space above the atmosphere. Yeah. And, you know, Quill has the suit, but Yondo doesn't have one. So right. he dies. Yeah. There's That's no death happened. in this show. Except for, well, whatever, whatever happened, to, what that happened to that first guy, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no one even...
1: yeah maybe nobody noticed yeah maybe he was somebody's life-size uh i don't know teddy bear or something yeah (laughs) who knows but uh yeah so um so callan's out in as far as we know out in space uh keith is hanging on to the edge of the hatch as the hatch closes keith does his magic with the voltcom and the space armor uh expands around him and so then he uh he does something uh, that is described differently in the script than what we see here. Uh, as I recall, in the script, it says that he forms a his voltcom sword, and the momentum of forming that is what propels him forward. Which doesn't make a lot of sense. In this, yeah. they animate it in a more real—I don't know about realistic—but in a way that looks more feasible. He basically points his fist down, you know, toward his feet. You know, if he were mm-hmm. standing, he'd be pointing at the floor, and a. Uh, like a beam of light, some kind of thrust or like rocket yeah. thrust shoots out. And then Keith begins to move. Right. Um, so he, go, he heads toward Callum. Yeah. Uh, um, and then Wade basically tells his Wade droids to prepare his own space armor. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, and back to the void generator room, cloak
0: now seems to be gone. Now uh, here's the thing. There's yeah. There's a, there's a whole backstory for Cloak that we learn about. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so basically, Cloak was building cloaking technology for commercial use when Wade found out and then forced him to develop it on a military level. Yes. And he's telling Daniel this. He says, then he used this same cloaking tech to invade my home planet. And my people paid the price. Right, And then at one point, Daniel had said, why didn't you stand up for yourself? Why didn't you say no? And then Cloak started out saying, these are the questions that haunt me every day. Well, that whole part was taken out. Mm -hmm. And Cloak just says, which is why I stay here following Wade's orders to protect my creation. It's my punishment, my curse. Yeah. So what do you think about that motivation? He, he feels like he doesn't deserve to leave. He feels like because of what happened to his people, he's responsible. And so he follows Wade's orders and keeps the void generator working. Yeah.
1: That makes no sense to me. I know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I like Voltron, I like Voltron for but sometimes uh, to, to steal a uh, uh, an offused used phrase, you got to call a spade a spade. And uh, Claude's well, motivation
0: makes no sense to me in this moment. At, at one point, uh, they cut out another section where mm-hmm. Daniel is saying to him, come on, that's in the past. They took that out. Instead, they just leave the part. What about those who are suffering from your punishment right now? That's all he says. But he'd also said, you can still do something to help them stand up against Wade with me. He did, yeah. they took that out yeah so I, I think that uh, cloak's
1: character could have used uh, a bit more thought and a bit more time frankly I um, I, I kind of liked him I did too I just wish I just wish that they had given him a motivation that makes a little more sense I, yeah. I, I it, it doesn't make sense to me that Wade has exploited your technology used it to attack your own people your own planet, and so to punish yourself for what Wade forced you to do, you're going to stay on Wade's creepy secret prison and keep what makes it creepy and secret working and yeah. following Wade's orders. Mm. Makes no yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't buy it. But anyway, uh, back to the action. Um, in space, Keith catches up with Callum and uh, they begin to rocket back to the prison um wade now has his fancy schmancy space armor on and i gotta tell you it kind of gave me 1960s cosmonaut vibes <laughs> did,
0: you get, did you get that impression yeah i kind of i kind of felt like they should have had a newer technology for him at this point yeah without hoses yes
1: <laughs> but then we couldn't have happened what happens of course right uh, so um wade tells uh the wade droids to turn off everyone's ankle collars and so it's not just not enough that you wear them they've got to be turned on and they can be turned off at any time oh yeah and so now they're going to be allowed to escape too after wade has exited the hatch uh the hatch at the top of the courtyard opens wade flies out um has a moment where (laughs) and this is a follow-on to something we didn't really discuss uh, yeah because he had
0: talked to daniel about this he said yeah. I'm not really the hero type.
1: Yeah. And then, and then, you know, Keith basically, or Daniel basically says, it's not what you look like on the outside. It's what's on the inside or, or something to that effect.
0: Which I thought was pretty cool yeah. for him yes. to say a man
1: And a good lesson too, right? I mean, yeah. for, for, for kids of all ages, right. Uh, don't judge a book by its cover, et cetera, right. et cetera. Um, so Manset has this moment. You, can, you see it in his eyes. He doesn't say anything. He lets himself go up toward the, uh, the circular vent. And because he is a uh, hefty individual, he, uh, he goes, he, and, and because he flips upside down en route, um, his waistline basically uh, is bigger Pl- than the hatch. He plugs uh, the hole. He plugs the hole. That's exactly right. And he keeps Um, all
0: that, all that air from escaping.
1: Yes. And he keeps the inmates from blowing out into space as well. Right. So, um, yeah. And so cloak shows up and knocks out, destroys a bunch of way droids and allows and basically tells Daniel he can exit the, the, the station through the ventilation system somehow. Um, and of course, Daniel runs really, really fast. So presumably he can find the exit door really, really fast. Um, He's able to because Cloak uh, has taken out the way droids. Uh, Daniel goes out into space through some airlock that we never see. Um, <laughs> anch- <laughs> he anchors himself and Callan to the outside of the, uh, of the prison dome. Mm-hmm. And while they're hanging on, he's using like the lion claw, the, the claw that comes out of the Volcom. Yeah. Keith and Wade are fighting. They're having a, a space armor versus space armor fight. Um, it doesn't last long because Keith cuts one of those crazy hoses on Wade's outfit with and, his sword, uh, with his Volcom sword. That's right. Yep. And then uh, Wade manages to send Keith hurtling uh, through space you know, in this, this field and uh, away from the station. Um, so Wade uh, faces, he faces Daniel getting, looks like, seems like, seems like he's going to try to take on Daniel and, um, and then Daniel says that he knows someone has his back, which is a phrase that you hear throughout this episode. Back at the beginning on that, that in that Dark City scene, mm-hmm. Daniel says he's got Keith's back. Well, he knows someone has his back, and it's who? The Voltron Force. Yes. The lions. Voltron. Yes. And this is my favorite part of the entire episode. You see the, the, the red and green lion heads come through the feet, the, the, the perimeter of the field from outside the void. And they are about to, for, they form the Blazing Sword, basically, which is pretty cool.
0: Now, here's, here's one thing we didn't see in this episode. We didn't see them form Voltron. That's correct. Isn't that amazing? So, it is. Voltron it is. gets formed and we don't see it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That can happen.
1: So, so here's something funny um earlier today i watched a little bit of the defender of the universe episode with uh i can't remember the title sorry guys i failed you as a fan but (laughs) it's the episode with that with carp the arrogant uh uh you know the arrogant uh pilot who who flies the the super fast row beast um and um they form voltron twice in the episode, they, they form Voltron, then they have to split it apart and do some kind of a fancy attack and they form Voltron again. You see both formations. I mean, and this is a, the inverse of what you've just described. You yeah. see them both, but, but what's fun is that they actually use the two different stock sequences so that they, each one looks a little different, a you little know?
0: different. Yeah.
1: Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Um, But yeah. So uh, here, no, you don't see it. Um, um Yeah, that's right. And so uh, one thing i over here and and missed and i gotta look i gotta look this up is that um after cloak seems to have disappeared from the void generator room um daniel's about to turn off the the, the void generator um
0: and keith tells moment. him not to
1: yes i forgot to mention that and it's because it's the only thing that's maintaining any kind of atmosphere out here exactly so there's yeah so very late in the episode you learn that when you're out in in the void area outside, when you're in the void outside the void, (laughs) you're not necessarily going to die.
0: Now that's if that, that cloaking is on. Yes. Okay. But if the cloaking is off, that's dead space. Yes. That's right. Literally dead.
1: Well, the people are going to be dead. Yeah. And so I'm going to ask a question that I probably shouldn't ask. Why would Wade have done that? Why would he have designed a base where your cloaking field also gives you a thin atmosphere when he loves to play with his uh, inmates and shoot them out there? Is so, it
0: just a- so, what that means is that first guy who got thrown out, maybe he didn't die until
1: <laughs> the, the, the base ultimately became visible. Well, as long as they because were cloaked. So yeah. Yeah. But by the end of the episode,
0: you see they're uncloaked. Yeah. Yeah. So because Voltron ends up taking apart the one part and then keeping the part that has all the inmates in it. Yeah. So Voltron forms Blazing Sword,
1: literally slices the courtyard, the big dome part. It's it's connected by like a little stalk or something it's kind of like cloud city you know that the big yeah. tower and empire strikes back yeah 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 it's like it looks kind of like a cheeseburger on a stick right well, this thing is like a dome on a stick
0: connected to the rest of the prison but but cloak is on the part that gets separated and just floats out into space yes and so that's what happens
1: and um you know they, they talk about how uh you know they've managed to free everyone, and, and Daniel makes a, a mark. makes a remark saying, "Well, some people think they deserve to be here." And you see cloak. Uh, well, I can't remember. Do you actually see him through a window at that point? Yeah. You see the, the, the yeah, station yeah. drift off. Yep. Yeah. And as I recall, in the script, but not in the finished episode, it says that the the rest of the station re-cloaks as it drifts away.
0: Hmm. Well. Um, as, as, as far as to the rest of the inmates, though, yeah, um, Keith uh, is talking to Callan, and Callan says, what's going to become of these people? Yeah, they're back in the black line at this point. Right? right. And Keith says, some deserve to be free, because they were put there as political prisoners of Wade, but some don't. But no one deserves to be in the void. There you go. So... They're going to bring all these people back to somewhere. Some are going to go free and some are going to go to a prison, but we don't know where.
1: Yeah. Who, yeah. Who, who, uh well, it, here's the other interesting point at this point in the series, Wade is still more pretty much in charge of the entire galaxy Alliance. So where
0: would you take a- these exactly. these People. Exactly. Yeah. It, it would have to be on one of the planets that's loyal to Voltron. Yeah. But, I mean, this is part of the job of being a Voltron Force member that I probably wouldn't like. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, do the logistical part of taking people who were put into a void and now taking them to a prison. That, that can't be much whatever. fun.
1: That or cannot be they, much fun.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, that's tough. I, I imagine
1: uh, maybe they make Koran do all the paperwork. <laughs> I don't know yeah but uh so then we go back to um on the last scene takes place on ariel uh yep. the black lion alone lands and uh, callan exits and vows to keith that the lion riders will have the voltron forces back
0: that's right we will always have your back yeah yep and that's it so that common theme went throughout the whole show yes yeah everybody's got everybody's back that's right except wade <laughs> oh,
1: wait. Uh, he's a pain
0: in the backside. That's about as far as it goes. So what was cool about this episode? Okay. Number one, at, at some point, we didn't see Hunk or Alora at all, did we? I don't know. I don't think we did see the full cast in this episode. No, we, I think we right. saw Pidge. We saw Larmina. We saw yeah. Vince. I don't remember seeing Alora, Hunk, or even Lance.
1: That is a good point. But what is also good, interesting is that the, the full cast is credited in the episode, even though <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think they say lines. Yeah. So, I mean, it's got the full, you know, all the pilots and cadets are credited, which is very it's, interesting.
0: It, it was really weird because, I mean, a lot of it's Keith and Daniel, obviously. But then there's the the other characters like Manset, you know, and Wade. Mm-hmm. But then there's some other characters that like we've seen before, like Callan, right? Mm-hmm. And and then Cloak is sort of new. Obviously, Octopus Head was new, <laughs> but <laughs> we didn't see some of the characters that we're used to seeing in an episode, like Alora, Lance, and Hunk.
1: Yeah. Which, you know, I think it's kind of refreshing not to see every character in every single episode. Right. I mean, you know, some people uh, poke fun at the Vehicle Voltron episodes of Defender of the Universe for having a cast is too big. Well, I would argue that having to focus on eight characters in every episode, which eight heroes, as this show does, that's a tough, uh, a tough balance from episode to episode. So it was kind of nice to kind of narrow the scope in and, and focus on just a couple.
0: And the setting was completely different than we're used to, too. So yeah. a space yeah. prison somewhere where nobody knows where it is. Yeah. I mean, the lions were barely in the episode.
1: You saw them in space waiting for the void to decloak so they could do something. Yep. And then you, you see Voltron at the very end, you know, showing up and slicing the uh, prison in half. It's kind of cool. And and he
0: didn't fight a beast. Yeah, no Robeast either. Right, so there's there's I'm a ma- lot of things that you would typically say as part of Ultron, but it wasn't in this episode. I liked it. It's yeah. it's nice when you go off uh, off the pattern there. I mean, right. Wade
1: could have just as easily made that entire prison a beast You know, sure. oh, it's Ultron,
0: sure. and then, these arms fold out, and oh, here we go again. But <laughs> yeah, like like that was part of his plan to stay one step ahead of Keith. Yeah, would have been all right. You're gonna pull Voltron out? All right. Well, then I got something for that. Yeah, it's like
1: it's like that Defender of the Universe episode where Hunk has been using that construction machine to build that uh, uh, to build that sports arena on Planet Eris in the original series, and uh, you know, Lotor, of course, and Hagar put some kind of a demon in it and makes it turn into a robo beast that Voltron has to fight. I mean, it's just like a big, it's like a giant bulldozer basically yeah uh, they didn't do that with the prison so that was great um i really liked cloak except his motivation makes zero sense to me. <laughs> i love the idea of someone who feels guilt for something he's done he feels like he needs to pay some kind of penance but it feels like he's supporting the very person who made him
0: feel so guilty i mean it it, it
1: <laughs> yeah. But I
0: mean, imagine if you're this this brilliant person who makes this really cool technology, right? Mm-hmm. And you're thinking about it from the standpoint of good, not, not evil. But mm-hmm. Wade goes and uses it for evil. All right? And then he uses it against you, who are the, the basically the inventor of the whole thing. And then he uses it against your people. Yeah. And you know, what are you supposed to do at this point? You think, if I hadn't only, you know, if I hadn't invented this technology, my people wouldn't have suffered. So you, you feel that kind of guilt. Yeah. But, but you also have to understand if, if you invent something, there's always a chance somebody could use it for good. Somebody could use it for evil. Yep. And that's life.
1: I mean, uh,
0: <laughs> I mean, think of lawn, lawn jarts. Remember lawn darts? Oh, yes. yes. The, the darts that were metal, and you throw them up in the air and you try to land them in a in a plastic circle.
1: And try not to <laughs> land them in your family members? Yes. <laughs> yes. But hey, you know kids are kids, right? <laughs> That's right. Or those 1950s chemistry sets they used to sell with actual radioactive material in them. Um, yes. They, uh, anyway, I don't know if there's much good that could come out of that, but uh, yeah. unless You want to develop, uh, you know, powers and, you know, become your own Marvel comics superhero. I don't know, but yep. um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I mean, I'm just thinking if I were in cloaks, uh, invisible shoes, I think I would have found a way to disrupt my own technology. I mean, if, if, if you really feel like your technology has been misused, then I think, you know, finding a way to circumvent that technology. And, and if there's anybody who could do it, to be the person who invented it. Um, that well, would be a,
0: yeah. Yeah. Don't forget this, this, this all takes into account about invisibility too. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times people are asked, what kind of power would you want to have if you were a superhero or something like that? And some mm-hmm. people have said, "I would like the power of invisibility." Well, yeah. invisibility brings with it a whole load of problems, too. You know, yeah. if you're if you're sneaking around around other people invisible, sometimes that's not a good moral fiber type of thing to to stand behind. No. no. <laughs> So,
1: you know, I, and, and, I, and, I, and there's a part of me that wonders, this is another one of those things that happens, it's like a Knight Rider, when they would develop some new gadget and kit that you would see in one episode and never again,
0: yeah. you know, uh,
1: like the ability of Kit to drive on water was in one of the episodes, and, and yeah. after that episode, never again, never mentioned, um, why do we not see this technology again? And, and you could argue, well, maybe Cloak, as the developer of the technology, is the only one who could turn it on and off. Well, you know, that switch was awfully uh,
0: <laughs> easy to use.
1: On, off. Yeah. And, 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 and if Wade were able to use that technology to invade Cloak's planet, unless Cloak himself were the person maintaining that technology on the machinery that Wade was using to attack his planet, it stands to reason that other human other members of wade's uh you know army or whatever would be able to use it too and maintain it to some extent yeah so it's one of those things where you just don't don't think about it too much
0: <laughs> some sometimes things are too user friendly <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth on off anyway <laughs> the shortest distance uh, between two points is a straight line right in
1: Euclidean geometry, that is correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. I, I and I really did like when I finally got the uh, yesterday when I finally realized, hey, that dome looks like something out of Silent Running. It's like when the uh, the dock. Or the the repair bay inside of the castle of lions in this show, where you see the lions all gather, it reminds me of the superstructure from Star Trek: The Motion Picture, where the Enterprise was being uh, rebuilt. Um, I love those kinds of tips of the hat, whether they're deliberate or subconscious, or yeah. the Krellshi looking like the 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 uh, the monsters of the Id from Forbidden Planet, that, who had evolved from the Krell. Um, right. I love that stuff, so that's always fun to see too.
0: Well, we didn't get to find out from the writer what they were thinking, you know, when it came to how things look and all that kind of stuff, because we didn't have them with us during this this review. Right. But I have some good news. What is that, Mark? <laughs> next week, when we review the next episode of Voltron Force, which is number one eleven, Predator Robeast. Predator Robeast, right? We will have the writer with us. That is going to rock. Yes.
1: Adam Beechin.
0: Yes. So yes. we are looking forward to having Adam on the program with us next
1: time. Yes. That's going to be fun. Predator Robeast is uh, pretty much nonstop action start to finish. Uh, the stakes are very high. Yeah. Uh, it's And, you know, every Voltron show uh, has its combiner Robeast. Which is always the most memorable, almost always the most memorable uh, that you see in the entire show. This yeah. one is definitely one of the standouts from Voltron Force. Yeah. So,
0: yes. <laughs> no spoilers. No spoilers. Nope. <laughs> there might be a fight. How's that? Maybe. <laughs> no, but who Voltron will in win? Movies?
1: Oh, who will win? Yeah. Voltron and the Robies are just going to sit there and play cards or something. (laughs) Go fish. (laughs) Yep. No. Yeah. It's it's good stuff. It'll be great to have Adam on and we'll uh, we'll ask him about uh, his time on Voltron and uh, various other things he's worked on. Right.
0: So we're looking forward to that on our next program.
1: All right. Well, it's been great to
0: see you again, Mark. Yeah. It's Uh, been great to see you too. Yeah. And uh, to all you out
1: there in podcast listener land and YouTube viewer land, we're glad to have you
0: aboard. And, yeah, thanks uh, joining for joining us next time. Thanks for joining us in our ninth year of the podcast. Wow! When will the podcast develop gray hair? <laughs> I don't know. But, okay. <laughs> but One of one of the cool things is is when you when you look back on some of our episodes and you mm-hmm. look back on some of the things we've done, and you can use the word vintage. With some of those things, that means we've been around a, a pretty long time.
1: Yeah. Isn't that something? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. We still got to find a way. I think we, we started doing the YouTube uh, video version of the podcast with what? Podcast 200? Was yeah, that where uh, we was... interviewed the legendary Defender voice cast? Yes. And, yeah.
0: and that was a good kickoff with all this stuff because of everything that's going on with the pandemic and the mm-hmm. wider use of zoom, you know, mm-hmm. so it was, it was a good chance for us to transition into something like this.
1: Yeah. And uh, we, we don't have that for the first 199 e- episodes, nope. but you can always find uh, you can always find those wherever podcasts are sold or, Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I mean, Alexa, Spotify, Google, Apple everywhere podcasts are. Yep.
1: Yep. And they're still there that these newest ones are just because they're on YouTube doesn't mean they're not in their traditional
0: spots. So, right. And it's also all on let'svoltron.com. Yep. So, we're still out there on all those social media things too. We're still on YouTube. We're still on, we just haven't done many videos lately. <laughs>
1: That's true. That's true. Yeah. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> I loved I, I love doing the toy review videos that I've done, but my yeah. goodness, they take a lot of time. I, I don't have, you know, I don't think either of us has that productionized, like a lot of the people who do that for a living. No, like they, the M, they, uh, they can
0: do it lickety split
1: like this. Yeah. Like Pixel Dan or MGO from freaking Geek or, you know, Optobotomous or all those other awesome people. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, they're fun to do. I'm sure we'll get around to doing those again at some point. (laughs) Right.
0: So we'll see you all next time on Let's Voltron.